as you listened to that song and watched as different people that are part of our church family wrote on the cardboard cutouts, maybe there was a word or two that you can identify with. And maybe you're thinking, what, what is my pain, my brokenness, my hopelessness have to do with the nativity, the, the Christmas story? If you have a Bible or an electronic device, if you're online or in overflow, I know many of you are in overflow, thank you, we're glad you're here. I want you to, to grab it and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Uh, Luke, appropriately, is the name of the, the little baby in our nativity uh, today. Three-week-old Luke was Jesus in our nativity. Luke tells us the Christmas story. And, and here's what I, I'm praying would be true for you this Christmas. Maybe the story of Christmas is familiar Maybe you know the history of the nativity. But I want to invite you this Christmas, starting today, to look through the history to the theology of the nativity. And I'm saying it that way because it rhymes and I want it to stick in your mind. But kids, theology means the study of God. And I want you to see this Christmas how God, the one who came in the manger, can impact your life. And so today I'm going to start reading in Luke chapter 2 just the setting for the nativity. And I want us to dig into the history for just a few moments to see the beautiful theology of the God who loves you and has come for you and for me. Verse 1, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Holy Spirit, help me right now to exalt Jesus and to help your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Interesting, Luke could have chosen to talk about really almost any detail around the nativity story, but when he gives us the history for the nativity, he spends five verses talking about a registration a registration that had come from a king, and if you were a Jew, an evil king that was oppressing you. If you read history books outside of our Bible, you learn that when Quirinius was the governor of Syria, there was a registration, and when he registered the people of Israel, the Jews revolted. There was a man by the name of Judas, not, the, not one of the two actually, disciples this was a different Judas but he rebelled against Rome and it, it actually went to the point of culminating when Rome came in and destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD just a few years before Luke wrote this book why does that matter 
Well, when you look at the history, you know that for the people of Israel, their card felt a lot like this. There was this evil king in control that was taxing them, and they were in a hopeless position. And Luke, as he records the history of the nativity, he tells that story. In fact, keep going with me. Verse 4, he says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called what? Bethlehem. All right, the story right now is about to start flipping the card. Uh oh. <laughs> Hope in our culture is like wishful thinking, right? I, I hope the Rangers will win the World Series, right? That never happens. Well, maybe it might, but you're not sure it will. Biblical hope is different. It's a competent, confident expectation in the God of history. And when they read the word Bethlehem, they know because of the Bible that they held in their hands that we hold in ours, that in Micah chapter 5, Bethlehem was a city that was promised to be the birthplace of a king. Keep going with me. Because he was of the house and the lineage of what? David. Oh, okay, if you knew the history that they knew in their Bible and in yours and eyes, it's actually multiple places, but Second Samuel chapter 7 is a place you could go to hear not only that there was a king promised, but in the line of David, there was a king coming who would reign forever. Keep going with me. This Bethlehem was receiving a man who was of the line of David, verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, which means they were not yet married, who was with child. Matthew, when he tells us his story, gets real specific. Betrothed means not married. Matthew tells us she was still a virgin and she had a baby inside. Why does that matter? Well, if you know their history, if you know what it tells us in Isaiah chapter 7, behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name, what? Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? God with us. So not only a king that's going to be born in Bethlehem, but a king that's going to reign forever. And this king would be God with us. Even in the setting, when you look at the history and through it to the theology of this God who's going to come, you start to see in church family, I'm so excited to be back. Some of you don't know your guests here today. I'm so glad you're here. Genuinely, I've been looking forward to this moment. I've been away for almost three months with a gift of a sabbatical. And what we're going to do over the next month as a church family, and genuinely, I, cannot, I mean, it's like not fair. I've got 10 minutes today. But don't worry, you'll hear some of what God's taught me on my sabbatical. And I get to, what we get to do over the next month as a church family is we're going to walk just slowly through the story that Luke tells us as he records for us the history of the nativity. And we're going to look under it 
to the beautiful theology of a God who loves us. There's a real king and a real kingdom. The king's name is Jesus. He's the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. In his love and by his grace, he lived a perfect life. He came to die in our place. He rose again and is coming back. You and I, when we repent, believe, and follow him, we get to be part of his kingdom now and forever. So what's my challenge for you? We lit the hope candle earlier. My my challenge for you this Christmas, as you walk through Christmas, is to find moments when you don't just see a nativity, but you see through the nativity, the God who sent his son for you and me. This hope candle that was lit earlier, one of the things that God impacted me on my sabbatical with was just to enjoy God, to enjoy him. And I'm praying for you and I through Christmas this year that we could look through the history, that you could open your Bible individually or as a family maybe doing your Advent together, that you could look through the history to the theology in the nativity. So I'm gonna come right back over here and sit down as I close. Maybe for you, you're thinking, Sam, that sounds like a whole bunch of just like theological words. But my card is still hopeless. You're feeling hopeless. How does it affect? My my circumstance in my life is not gonna change just for me reading a story. Maybe that's the way you feel. Uh, Last week for Thanksgiving, I got to be with my brothers and my extended family. They flew in from all over the U.S. And we went last week to visit my best friend's father. When I was growing up, my best friend's father, who's dying of brain cancer. And when we went in the room, it was actually a kind of surreal place. It was like in this big dining hall. It's just a few people. I was expecting this feeling of hopelessness when I got around Leon and I walk in the room and the dude is just glowing and I'm thinking what's going on in his life and you know what was going on in his life he was looking through the history to the theology of the nativity and he said Sam I know Jesus I know where I'm going we, we spent over an hour together talking at the end of our time I was like hey can I pray over you Leon and he he said Yes, but before we do that, I want to I say to anyone here in the room, if you have questions about who Jesus is and what he does, I want you to come talk to me. He starts stumbling over himself. He's like, just a few days ago, I was talking with someone about, I can't remember his name, and his son, I mean, it's brain cancer. He's going, son was like, dad, that was me. He's like, you're talking about Jesus all the time right now. He, he, he wanted to share with the room the Jesus that was born in the manger for you and I. His circumstance may look hopeless, But God has flipped the card over in his life because of the theology in the nativity. Right now, if you want to say, God, I I need that, I want that, I want to just invite you in the quietness of your heart right now, wherever you're sitting, if you already are a Christian, just to say, God, help me focus on the hope that you have given me through Jesus. And if you've never placed your hope in him, if you're hearing that he came for you right now, it's, it's easy to take that step, just to turn from your sin, because God, I know I'm a sinner. I've, I've rebelled against you. I believe Jesus came for me. I'm ready to follow you with my life.
Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.